millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast, and we're on part four of our understanding of uh, post-war Italian fascism. Last time when we uh, looked at post-war Italian fascism, we saw that the MSI, the main far-right post-war Italian party, had uh, given sort of life to uh, more radical, more extremist splinter groups, that saw the MSI as a kind of uh, continuation of uh, Italian conservatism, sort of extreme xenophobic nationalist conservatism, uh, and not the kind of uh, dynamism uh, that um, is associated with fascism. And these uh, splinter groups, particularly the New Order, gave rise to a wave of bombings in Italy in 1969. The reason for this was that many Italian fascists concluded that there would be no march on Rome, and the only way that democracy could be swept away would be with a military coup. And the way to bring this about, in their uh, own uh, slightly skewed logic, was to launch a terrorist campaign which they could blame on the communists and uh, bring about a state of emergency in which generals could seize power. One fascist and former member of the uh, MSI who was inspired by the bombings, was Valerio Bocchesi. Um, he had been part of the uh, fascist movement uh, during the war, um, and, uh, and this is uh, Roger Eatwell in um, Fascism, a, a History writing. After his early release from post-war imprisonment, Bocchesi had joined the MSI, but in the early 1960s he had broken with the party and founded the National Front. Tall and imposing, Borghese uh, envisaged himself as a new duce and used his group to rally a hardcore of violent activists. Although the exact details remain unclear, it seems that Borghese sought to launch a coup on the night of the 7th and 8th of December 1970. A group of National Front supporters, together with rema- uh, members of Delacay's National Vanguard and other groups, gathered in Rome. The plan was to occupy key government buildings and capture the state radio and television network, thus gaining control of the main source of information, 
which would be crucial immediately after the coup. But drama soon turned to farce, as torrential rain dampened the spirits of the stormtroopers who were waiting for an order that mysteriously never came. Shortly afterwards, Borghese fled to Spain, and the attempted coup was hushed up initially. A series of revelations during 1971-73, however, made it clear that there had been a conspiracy in which neo-fascists had been implicated. Further evidence revealed that Borghese had devised another scheme which involved the assassination of 1,500 people, including leading members of the government. Um, a lot of this was fanciful stuff, um, and the level of organisation, uh, planning, and also compliance from the military and intelligence services and police that would have been needed was uh, sadly lacking. Uh, there were a great many fascists in Italy and beyond who um, were incapable of seeing themselves as anything other than the fringe movement that, 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 they, that they actually were, capable of causing death and destruction, but in terms of actually seizing power, uh, there was very little chance of that at all. So after several um, fascists had been put on trial for uh, the Milan bombings, as mentioned in the previous podcast, um, the government then went on to ban the New Order uh, and the National Vanguard, but this didn't stop the bombings. Um, old fascist groups reformed, some fascist groups broke up, uh, and new splinter groups um, emerged on the fringes of, uh, of fascist politics. Uh, the armed revolutionary nuclei um, emerged and continued uh, bombings. Three attacks uh, indicate the nature of the violence, the indiscriminate nature of the violence. Uh, in Brescia, on the 28th of May 1974, eight people were killed and 79 were injured uh, following a bombing aimed at a political meeting uh, which had been organised jointly by the left and Christian Democrats to protest against neo-fascist violence. On the 4th of August 1974, a bomb exploded in the Italicus Express train as it passed through a tunnel outside Bologna, um, a prominent municipality controlled by the communists. Twelve people were killed and 48 injured. Almost six years to the day later, on the 1st of August 1980, Bologna was the scene of Europe's worst neo-fascist massacre. In peak holiday season, a bomb was planted in the railway station waiting room. Its explosion left 85 people dead or dying and another 200 Injured. It's um, difficult, really, to associate any kind of um, political um, um, political goal, political outcome, to fascist terrorism. There was no chance whatsoever, and the planters of these bombs must have been well aware that there was no chance whatsoever of a, a fascist movement coming to power as a result of these actions. Um, there was uh, perhaps not even um, any uh, political um, outcome that was that was tangible. Um, the uh, nihilism of fascism um, here is is a key part of um, of, of what we witnessed. The idea that um, really only destruction um, has has any value because of the way in which po the post-war Italian state was compromised by continuity fascism and by fascist sympathisers. Um, until the 1970s, there were elements within the Italian state who'd turned a blind eye to uh, neo-fascist terrorism. However, this began to diminish um, by the, the late 70s. And by the time of the 1980 Bologna massacre, um, the government are uh, far more proactive um, 
Roger Eatwell writes, The combination of Bologna, the assassination of a judge who was investigating neo-fascist terrorism, uh, led to a more systematic pursuit of the guilty. Uh, picked up in the trawl was a remarkable collection of characters, many of whom belonged to a Masonic lodge known as P2. P2 was a long-established lodge for those in delicate or important positions, and it seems to have been a centre for plotting amongst uh, leading right-wing members of the political, business and military establishment during the, the 1960s, late 1960s. Interest in some form of coup was revived during the late 1970s by fears of um, an important wing uh, in the Christian Democrats, including uh, Aldo Moro, the Prime Minister, were willing to come to historic compromise with the uh, Italian Communist Party. Um, again, uh, I've mentioned the um, the case, the, the fate of Aldo Moro. Aldo Moro was the Italian Prime Minister who was kidnapped when the uh, the Christian Democrats, of whom he was a member, were coming close to making some kind of uh, compromise with, uh, or a, a kind of an, an electoral deal with the Italian Communist Party. Under the leadership of Enrico uh, Berlinga, um, the Italian Communist Party had become gradually more and more moderate. As it became more and more moderate, it had increased its uh, electoral appeal. Uh, and it seemed that it would only be a short matter of time before the, before the PCI uh, replaced the Christian Democrats as the largest party in Italy. This was an anathema to um, the Italian right. It was an anathema to their uh, American backers. Um, and it was an anathema, really, uh, that a NATO power would conceivably have a mainstream communist party, potentially as the party of government. Coming back to um, the Masonic Lodge P2, um, the key figure in P2 was Licio Gelli. Um, Gelli had volunteered to uh, fight for Franco during the Spanish Civil War um, and had managed to change sides following the uh, Italian, uh, following the Allied invasion of Italy. Following this, he maintained various dubious relations with um, the uh, Italian and f um, intelligence services, with foreign intelligence services, with the mafia, uh, and obviously with old fascist parties. Um, and his main contact among uh, neo-fascist radicals was uh, Della Chai of the National Vanguard. When both of them eventually came to court in 1988, they were cleared of participation in terrorist activities, though they were convicted of perjury in connection with the multifarious cover-ups uh, um, which surrounded the various bombings and plots. So, ultimately, the full truth um, about um, who was involved in the uh, anti-communist strategy and the bombings uh, never quite came out. Um, as with many of these things, uh, powerful names were mentioned and uh, the possibility of naming people in court was uh, stifled. The future of the MSI following the bombings is, is an interesting story. So uh, at the time of the first bombings in 1969, um, the MSI had been uh, declining as a parliamentary force. It had lost votes in three general elections in a row and seemed to have no meaningful prospects at all. Uh, its leader, Michelini, uh, died in 1969, and uh, Almirante, um, who had been ousted as leader of the party, uh, returned. And he said that his goal was to take the MSI in a new direction, um, the one which didn't lose sight of the past, 
which is something that the, the base of the party would, could never have tolerated. Um, but the policy that he summed up um, was uh, the, the enigma enigmatic title Back to the Future, having obviously nothing to do with the film franchise. Almirante believed that anti-fascists had won. He had, they'd won the post-war battle of images and words. Um, he therefore tried to persuade fascist activists to drop their symbols, their banners, uh, their uh, logos, uh, and their uh, imagery, um, and such as the black shirts and the one-armed salute. Um, and these were images that had never really fully been adopted by the Italian public, even at the height of Mussolini's power. There had never been a sense that this was you know, integral to um, Italian life. And also now, these were images that were associated with the, uh, the war, with defeat and with Mussolini's alliance with Hitler. Um, to appease hardcore MSI members, party propaganda often contained hidden messages uh, relating to the past which activists could decode uh, to extend the party's appeal beyond the dwindling band of nostalgics and its southern clientels. Uh, Almirante began to, began to pay more attention to the styles and themes of the left, focusing on youth culture, ecology and women's issues. And it's interesting to note that the uh, the way in which fascism, kind of crypto-fascism, uh, Trumpism and that sort of thing, uh, presently tries to um, pass its message on to its supporters while bypassing its critics is through that process of decoding, that wink and nudge and um, that uh, irony that we don't really mean this really, but, you know, to the to the supporters, yes, of course we do. Um, it's a far more um, far far more cunning tactic to um, bypass um, any kind of uh, kind of scrutiny and the co-option of uh, modern progressive ideas to uh, then portray them through kind of more a more reactionary filter such as again youth culture and um, uh, ecology um, and uh, environmentalism. He was well aware that most MSI voters were conservative rather than radical, and the new emphasis on left-wing symbolism was countered by the use of more traditional Catholic imagery. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Such as the Madonna. Um, for similar reasons, the MSI continue to stress issues which were dear to the heart of most Catholics, like opposition to abortion and divorce, themes which coexisted uh, best and easily with the attempt to portray the party as modern. So he, the MSI becomes this strange uh, sort of coalition between social conservatism 
and a an attempt at radicalism where underneath that um, ostensibly external uh, face of progressive thought um, are, are really kind of fascist precepts. So um, environmentalism um, would be, uh, you know, protecting the environment, the Italian environment is a good thing, but perhaps we need to have fewer migrants and uh, foreigners and Jews and things like that that kind of somehow manage to mess things up for everybody. Um, that's the sort of the, 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 the subtext. So the Back to the Future campaign was about trying to make the MSI a, a broader church, trying to um, a, a help it to capture a, a broad coalition of supporters. And it seemed to work initially. It was rewarded with a growing number of former Christian Democrats who showed themselves willing to appear on the platform at MSI rallies and even then in their electoral lists. And though, although Almirante had been critical of the alliance with um, the uh, monarchists in the 1950s, in 1972 he signed a new agreement. Monarchist support had shrunk to 1% of the vote, but it still retained some important backers and helped to underline the MSI's respectability as an alternative to the Christian Democrats. In the 1972 general election, this policy reaped rewards when a new alliance, fighting under the revealing name of the National Right, gained 8.7% of the vote, nearly double the 1968 figure. So broadening seemed to work. These gains were lost, however, in 1976 and 1979 general elections, though the party obtained uh, a minor consolation in 1979 by winning a toehold in the first direct elections to the European Parliament. Sensing the danger of the MSI, uh, the Christian Democrats, the uh, uh, dominant party in Italy, uh, launched an attack on the party, claiming that it was linked to the wave of terrorist bombings and other violence. This view was shared by some people within the moderate wing of the MSI, which by the late 70s had caused a split within the party, uh, as more more moderate voices broke away from the party um, and the MSI itself, its attempt at broadening out had failed. It had been crushed by the Christian Democrats and was now tarred with the extremist and terrorist brush. Um, obviously, the, 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 the thing about um, the terrorism in Europe of the late 1960s Early 1970s, you have the, the Red Army faction, uh, the Badermeinhof gang in Germany, uh, fascist bombings in in Italy. That no matter what people's day to day objections to um, everyday life are, to the the kind of the uh, uh, bureaucratization of, of modern life, to uh, the uh, two party system, to that kind of thing, the moment that there are terrorist bombings, um, the enthusiasm for radicalism across most of the population tends to dry up and all people see these things are are hideous abominations which certainly they are. Things began to change after the 1980 Bologna bombing. The revelations surrounding the P2 Lodge had implicated a number of leading politicians which led to the fall of the Christian Democrat dominated government and the appointment of Italy's first post-war Prime Minister who did not come from the Christian Democrats. The realisation was growing in Italian politics. Um, 
that uh, the system had become dangerously uh, polarised and that alienation from the political system uh, in general, from democratic norms, was uh, on the increase. The awareness of the second problem set into motion uh, a search for new ideas about the structure of government, uh, about how to make democracies, uh, Italian democracy function, um, which heightened the profile of the MSI itself, since its official lines always stressed the need for a stronger executive, a stronger um, uh, leader, and other constitutional cha changes, kind of key ingredients of, of Italian fascism. And so this quest for reconciliation can be seen in the remarkable decision um, by um, the Italian uh, Communist Party uh, leader uh, Berlinger to send his condolences on behalf of the PCI to the parents of an uh, MSI youth who'd been mortally attacked uh, and killed uh, while putting up posters. Uh, when Berlinger suffered a brain hemorrhage during the 1984 European elections, Almorante returned the goodwill by sending a note expressing his hopes that the communist leader would make a speedy recovery. The possibility that the MSI might have something to contribute to public debate about constitutional reform was underlined um, when later Almorante uh, was accorded for the first time um, an official meeting with the President of the Republic. This trend uh, continued during the 80s and early 90s by the new president, Francesco Cossiga. Now, the, the big context to all of this that I think is fascinating is that these are events that took place as Cold War tensions began to finally come to uh, an end. Um, the fact that there was no Communist Party in Italy makes no odds particularly to anybody because the uh, Berlin Wall is close to collapsing, and so is Soviet communism. Uh, and so the, the the tensions, the Cold War tensions that had defined uh, Italy and Italy's place within post-war Europe uh, begin to lessen. Um, at the same time, there was a slow reassessment of the fascist past uh, in Italy taking place during the 70s, Italy's leading academic specialist on Mussolini, Renzo Di Felice, um, had caused a big stir when he argued that until the late 1930s, the Duce had enjoyed widespread support. Now, if you read Fascist Voices by Christopher Duggan, there is significant evidence for that claim. Um, his argument contrasted markedly with, almost, uh, with the almost consensual uh, resistance view that fascism had been opposed and maintained by violence, a view that was captured uh, by uh, Bernardo Bertolucci in his film 1900. And the, the reality is that um, there were a great many uh, academics and intellectuals of the, the kind of the resistance mode um, in the post-war years in Italy who were very comforted by the idea that no one had wanted fascism, everybody had tried to resist it, it had been imposed by brute force, and it was a universally unpopular idea, and should, and, um, should uh, never have been uh, really part of Italy's national story, was the reality is, is far less comfortable. Um, the uh, relationship that many Italians believe they had with Mussolini 
um, and this has been um, uh, demonstrated in evidence terms with vast, vast archives of, of letters, was that Mussolini represented something something deeply personal to uh, to many Italians. Uh, once again, read Fascist Voices by Christopher Duggan. It's an extraordinary book. Gradually, it became clear that fascism had strong roots in Italy. Um, and understanding that it was not a freak occurrence or a bolt from the blue um, and a an aberration was accompanied by a, a kind of uh, nostalgia in the late 80s and 90s um, towards fascism, one that still exists, that it um, attempted to uh, curb the mafia or introduce um, social policies that were beneficial for uh, Italy's working class. Um, so there was this kind of widespread revisionism um, about um, uh, fascism, particularly about the most brutal aspects of Italian fascism, um, the social republic that existed from 1943 to 45. Um, Roger Eatwell writes, the popular image depicted uh, in an extreme form in Paolo Pasolini's film Salo, The 120 Days of Sodom, 1975, was at this period, uh, this was a period when the brutality of fascism reached its most appalling peak. New work began to show that sometimes fascist violence was a response to communist provocation, um, which seems to be a kind of a, a disingenuous approach to fascism at best. In 1987, the, at the MSI Congress, Almirante, uh, pointed to the collapse of old certainties and argued that there were increasing signs that people were searching for an alternative to Marxism and liberal capitalism. Here, um, he highlighted uh, the new emphasis on national identity and the growth of worker cooperation and management as signs of a sea change. Almiranti had previously announced his decision to stand down from the leadership and this speech was unquestionably a swan song defending a life dedicated to fascist politics. But there is no doubt that he captured a widespread feeling when he argued that fascism was at last emerging from purgatory. So, interestingly, by the late 1980s, after many of the crises that we've talked about, Italian fascism was socially and culturally, if not politically and economically, being revived. Um, okay, so we're going to finish there, uh, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Do check out, and if you can, fund the Explaining History Patreon page. Um, that's always a good thing and never a bad, um, because we survive here, or I survive here anyway, on a tiny little trickle of ad revenue um, and um, the kindness of our patrons. So if you can help out, much obliged. Anyway. Take good care, and I'll see you on the next Explaining History podcast. Bye-bye.